0: Went with the mashup that slowly winning Amanda over. I don't know if it's winning her over or not. Maybe, sorta, of? kinda. Crazy Nugs already with us saying two more wakeups and it's game day. It is Tennessee LSU, and we've got the fantastic breakdown for you. Max Chadwick will join us. A pro football focus. And we're going to talk some Heisman Trophy, why Hendon Hooker is not only a Heisman candidate, but potentially could win the thing. He'll need some help, but could win the thing. I still think it's a long shot, and according to his odds, they are. But he's got the odds up on Pro Football Focus, so he will join us here in just a couple of minutes. Also, Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com will join us as we get him each and every Monday and Thursday to preview not only tennessee's game but the sdc slate good morning amanda how are you
1: i'm doing well dave how are you doing today
0: never better I'm, do- I'm doing great i'm excited for this game i'll be honest with you on a personal level i'm excited that it's a noon kickoff so i won't be up till four in the morning writing as i was for a night game or two so that is that is good Uh, That is good. You kind of reach that point at about three thirty, where you realize what you're writing has turned from decent to pure trash because your brain is fried, and you're like, "I got to shut it down." And uh, so that's what I had to do for uh, Tennessee's uh, night game previously. And uh, we've we've got a lot to get to. And um, like I said, the show's absolutely loaded up. But I just can't help but think that this feels again and i mentioned this yesterday a lot like florida week that this is a tennessee game that they should win uh this is a matchup that favors tennessee and pretty much every scenario with the exception of tennessee's defensive backs just aren't very good and warren burrell's now out with the season ending injury man i don't see them suddenly getting better just out of nowhere
1: I mean, I don't see, uh, I don't see them getting better like just randomly. But I know, and I hate myself for forgetting the name of the guy that's coming back for Tennessee.
0: D. Williams um, this but, week. D. Williams. Yeah, that's that's been widely reported on on social media. I, you know, I, he he very well could. I know there are all kinds of leaks. It is so funny to me that the. Media is restricted from a lot of practice. NFL practices are open uh, for the most part. Uh, don't Google D. Williams, or you'll get some sort of fetish model. By the way, uh, out of Dallas, Texas. So let's go D. Williams, Tennessee. But if you, uh, I, I, I've seen that on social media. I, I don't know hundred percent. I don't think Josh Heupel in his final media availability today will confirm nor deny that, and I don't blame him. But I think there is this this thought that D Williams, who was a junior college player who has some experience, is just gonna step in and, and be fantastic. And he might. Um he's he's at the cornerback position. So I think there are two positions that are easiest to make the transition, Amanda. I think that's running back and corner, because I think that relies more on natural ability. Now he should know the playbook by this point. He's been around a while, but even if he doesn't, I think he can make an impact. So we've seen that all over social media. That certainly appears to be the case. And they need him. Um, they, they need a guy who can step in there, especially with Burrell out.
1: Yeah, they definitely do. Um, I don't, my thing about playing LSU and, and if he plays or if he doesn't play, I, we've talked to multiple people who say that Jaden Daniels will not throw down the field. You won't do it, just will not do it. And I know that's always said before Tennessee games and people then throw down the field, just randomly haven't done it in, you know, 24 games. But today they're throwing down the field. So it's hard to really gauge how well this defense is going to do because it's hard to gauge what Daniels is going to do.
0: Isn't that bizarre that you you hear of quarterbacks being too aggressive? trying to throw the ball downfield too often Brett Favre is the ultimate example leads the league and history and interceptions thrown. You think of quarterbacks being aggressive, but Brian Kelly's even said it publicly that he, he needs to be more aggressive down the field. I literally cannot think of one time in 25 years of doing this that I've ever heard of a head coach saying be more aggressive throwing it downfield it's usually the opposite protect the ball but it's I mean, Jaden daniels
1: no and it's that shows me it's a lack of confidence and in, in his ability i mean to throw the ball down the field and maybe even if he does try it's going to be terrible because he has no confidence in in where he's throwing and who he's throwing to, and that's probably why he wasn't the starter you know to begin with this season it was i and i keep forgetting that guy's name too no nuss is his backup it's the um it was the one that left
0: but left in uh preseason camp yeah
1: yes he left in uh preseason camp and so maybe that's why daniels wasn't there in the in the first place he has no confidence in himself to throw down the field now this could change miles i'm sorry yeah this could change, but I don't see it. I don't see it changing anytime soon.
0: Um, as uh, good morning to you, Orange Blood. Orange Blood points out that Burrell has been targeted in the past. Uh, who is his backup? Not sure I'd miss him. Well, I mean, but the thing is, he's starting for a reason. And I just, it is just not very. They're just not very good. I mean, that's at the end of the day, you can put lipstick on a pig, and I, they're just not very good. And I don't think they're going to immediately get better. I think Tennessee and Jimmy Himes on OffTheHookSports.com wrote, I thought, a very good column. Tennessee, in order to overcome that, has to what? Well, the one is easy, score a lot of points, right? That's simple. But two, this may be a situation where they get a little bit more aggressive with Jaden Daniels than they were with a- Anthony Richardson of Florida. Uh, they met go after him a little bit more. We talked about gap contain over and over and over, but don't be surprised if they're more aggressive in that regard. The down and dirty at 30 brought to you by Honeybee Coffee. And Amanda has a sip. You're right, crazy. I think not get pressure. Um, Amanda, uh, Honeybee Coffee is just darn good coffee Uh, That's the best way I can put it
1: I mean it is it's just really good coffee and I mean it you expect it to be with the top five percent of the beans in the world and you know how they how they treat their employees how they get the beans how they you know all of it is just on the up and up and you never have to worry about it being some kind of you know corporate awfulness so it's just great
0: that takes your bucks. Um, honeybee Coffee, you can order online. Uh, just uh, go to honeybeecoffee.com. Okay, so these numbers are just absolutely bizarro that we ran on Off the Hook Sports yesterday. So the, you're probably aware of these. The Vols tied for second in the nation in scoring offense with 48.5 points per game. So that's like a 20,000-foot view of this offense. And... They're tied with Texas Texas Christian. Ohio State leads the nation in scoring with just 48.8 points per game. The Vols are number one in the nation in total offense with 559 yards per game. Now is when it gets even more interesting. Uh, The Vols are most dominant in the air. Tennessee is tied with the University of Texas San Antonio as the top passing offense in the nation. With 365.8 yards per game. This is one of those that I wrote and I had a quadruple check because some of these numbers are so crazy. So, numbers provided by the University of Tennessee and their sports information department. A snapshot of the 2022 Tennessee football team and their offense. Points per minute, 1.85. That's number one in the nation and the FBS, I should say, or division one or whatever you want to call it. Nowadays plays per minute, 2.89 that's third. So they're the third fastest team in the nation when they have the ball scoring percentage of possessions. This one's just phenomenally bizarre 61%. So you score 61% of the time when you have the ball points per possession 3.43, both of those last two numbers I gave you are second in the nation. Yards per play, 7.38, or fifth, and the quarterback rating, according to one source, is 138.7 for uh, Hendon Hooker. Well, I guess that would be across the board. That would explain why he's not number one in the nation, but across the board, the quarterback rating, according to sports source, no, not the John Pennington cat, but another group is, uh, has Tennessee's quarterbacks as number one. Okay. So more crazy numbers for Tennessee's offense ranks in division one or FBS since start of the 2021 season total offense. And this is through 17 games, total offense. These are averages. 494.8 yards that's third scoring offense 41.5 yards that's fourth. fewest interceptions thrown just three that's first points per minute 1.73 that is first plays per minute 2.94 points plays per minute. So I know that's an awful lot and there there's a lot of numbers to throw at you. The bottom line is though, It is absolutely a fast, effective offense, and that's doing that without without Cedric Tillman in one game. And Tillman was actually um, selected by Todd McShay as a potential uh, 21st pick in the NFL draft overall, so a first-round guy. I'm not surprised at all. You and I saw him in person. I've got to see guys in person before I make these sorts of, determinations. But when I saw him in person like that, you know, he could, he could get on a protein diet and be a defensive end. I mean, he's, he's a solid six, five. And yes, I, I, I really think Cedric Tillman because Tennessee and what they run is pretty simplistic. I think he's just starting to scratch the surface of his potential. If he takes on coaching in the NFL and becomes a better route runner, I think we're talking about one of the phenomenal receivers in, in the game in a couple of years. I think that's very possible for Cedric Tillman.
1: I think it's very possible as well. <clears throat> my, my worry about guys that are, you know, these, these huge – and Cedric Tillman's a big dude. Like He's a big dude. My worry with these big dudes is how sustainable are they? I mean, we see like Julio Jones, big dude can't stay healthy. You know, Cedric Tillman has this injury. It's not a serious injury, but it's still an injury. So my my concern with Cedric Tillman going forward is how healthy can he stay and be in the NFL when he goes, the talent is definitely there. It's there all day. But so you see like AJ Green, all these like number one receiver types, you know, Keenan Allen that get out there and just work and work and work and end up getting hurt all the time and staying hurt so i would like to see him get maybe a little bit he's a he's a big guy don't get me wrong maybe a little bit bigger um try to put on some kind of you know solid weight so that when he goes to the nfl it's not just here you are
0: now if he could put on he could probably put on 12 to 15 pounds and not lose any quickness. Uh, Max Chadwick joins us now with pro football focus. And we wanted to talk to Max about the potential for Hendon hooker ending up in New York. And uh, Max, we, we appreciate the time. Thanks for it and uh, enjoy your, your breakdown of the potential that Hendon hooker could win the Heisman trophy. So we, we really appreciate the time. Thank you, sir.
2: No, of course not. I really appreciate you guys having me on and, yeah, Hendon Hooker has been phenomenal so far this year. Tennessee's been one of the biggest surprises, I think, in college football. They started the year unranked. Now they're number eight in the country, uh, and one of the biggest reasons for that is their offense, led by Hendon Hooker. So, yeah, he's been he's been phenomenal this year.
0: You, Max, how do you do these odds, and and can you tell me where uh, Hendon Hooker stands? I mean, how do you guys evaluate the odds on on a Heisman Trophy potential winner?
2: Yeah, so we actually, so this article that I wrote was basically just looking at the uh, betting odds. So we have a partnership with BetMGM. Uh, so they actually put out the Heisman odds, and I wrote an article breaking down their top candidates. But he, uh, yeah, he's plus 1,300 to win the Heisman Trophy right now, which is fourth uh, out of all players behind only C.J. Stroud, uh, the quarterback for Ohio State, Caleb Williams, the quarterback for USC, and then Bryce Young, the quarterback for Alabama. So uh, it's some pretty elite company to be in right now. And he's got a 90.5 PFF grade this year, which is the seventh highest in the country among quarterbacks. So he's really been good, especially as a runner so far. So, yeah, his betting odds right now are plus 1,300 to basically 13 to 1 odds to win the Heisman Trophy right now.
0: That's that's pretty good. Uh, to yeah. be, so, so he has the fourth best odds right now. I think we lost him. Mm-hmm. As, he has the fourth best odds right now? Yes, fourth best behind C.J. Stroud. Caleb Williams, and Bryce Young. Okay. Well, um, Bryce Young, when did the numbers get updated in terms of Bryce Young and his potential injury? Because I'm hearing that he could be out this week, could be out the Tennessee game. Now, do you is that factored into your latest rankings, or do you wait and see if he plays?
2: I, I probably would wait and see if he plays just yet. But, yeah, he like I said, he's third at plus 900 to win the award right now, so nine to one odds. It's kind of weird. I was talking to my friend last night. Like, I think he deserves the Heisman Trophy right now. If I had to give this award out right now, just because I think what he's done is more impressive than, say, C.J. Stroud, who plays in the best offense in college football. Like, Bryce Young has really had to carry Alabama on his back this year. I think he's played better than Stroud has so far, too. So, yeah, plus plus 900, like – I think that's more voter fatigue I, I think people just don't want to give you know a second Heisman trophy to Bryce Young, which has only happened once before with Archie Griffin. so I think voter fatigue really is the only thing holding him back from maybe winning a second Heisman trophy.
0: No, that's very fair. Uh, man, I'm sure you want to jump in here go right ahead
1: so my question is you know we see Bryce Young and and like you said he's doing he's doing great things. He did get injured in the Arkansas game. If he doesn't play against Texas AM, how bad will that hurt his chances?
2: That's a good question. I think it I think it will hurt it. I think, you know, that's a pretty big game. Uh Texas AM is, you know, they're not doing great this year, but they're still probably a top forty team in college football. Uh, if he doesn't go, that could spell an upset for for Alabama because you know, Jalen Monroe is their backup quarterback. He w- looked really not great as a passer last week, was very good as a runner. So Alabama probably won't have much of a passing game to speak of uh, this weekend if Bryce Young isn't able to go. So that could be tough. And, you know, missing any game as a Heisman Trophy candidate is really hard because it's a, it's a big stat award and, you know, you take away a game, your stats can be worse for it. So yeah, Bryce Young, if he misses this weekend, it could spell trouble not only for Alabama in terms of getting their first loss of the year, but Bryce Young in terms of winning a second Heisman trophy.
0: Yeah. And I'm hearing too that he could, he could miss two games. So, yeah. At that point, you know, you could, I, I want to say that either uh, Johnny Manziel or Baker Mayfield missed one game in, his, mm-hmm. uh, in it. Um, I can't remember which one, but if you miss two games, you're pretty much out of the running. Yeah, Dave, you, I mean, you mentioned it's the Tennessee game
2: too. Like that is a massive, massive, massive game. Like number, that's number eight Tennessee you're going up against. So like you take away that game and, you know, a lot of people say, oh, what's your Heisman game? You know, um, that is probably <laughs> – that probably would be his Heisman game going up against number eight Tennessee because they don't play Georgia this year. So Tennessee is that next best team, the SEC, that he's got to go up against. And so you take away that game. That's going to be tough for Bryce Young to make enough of a resume to win the Heisman Trophy, in my opinion.
1: No, Bryce Young and I are both missing that game, which is unfortunate (laughs) because I have to go to a wedding. But I talked about that yesterday. Fall weddings are the
2: worst. The fall (laughs) weddings are the worst in the south too. Max, they should be (laughs) outlawed. (laughs) They they should be outlawed.
1: (laughs) They (laughs) They should be illegal. Oh. Yeah, you must totally really love your that.
2: friend or family that much because I, I, if it was anyone else, I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I can go to that. I'm sorry. It,
1: <laughs> it's I had tickets to that game too, and it's my husband's friend, oh. so I have to be the good wife and go. It's in Arizona, and I'm sure it will be a great time, but I will be with an earbud in yeah. on my phone. That's just how it's going to happen. Wow, yeah, wow, your husband,
2: your husband's a lucky guy. I might. I might, you. you know, give divorce a second look there. If I were.
1: <laughs> it's okay. We got married in January, so I'm going to stick it out for a while. <laughs> so That's coming awful.
0: She's no coming Giselle, back, Max. She's no Giselle.
1: I'm not a Giselle. I'm, I'm, I'm the Tom Brady in this situation. Uh, yeah, you definitely. <laughs> yeah. So coming back to the Heisman talk, we see Will Anderson up mm. there. People put him up there. Do you think that that is just like kind of a a thing for clout or do you think he has a legitimate chance to win it I don't see another defensive player winning it besides the Charles Woodson I just don't but what what are your thoughts there
2: I'm completely with you Amanda I think Will Anderson Jr he's been really good this year Uh, I don't think he's been as good as the couple years past I think that's a big you know a lot of people just are saying oh you know Will Anderson Jr because he's going to be you know guaranteed unless he gets hurt which hopefully does not but guaranteed top five pick in the NFL draft which He's a phenomenal player. Uh, he's he's graded out okay this year. He's a 73.8 grade right now, which is decent. A uh, really good run defender, though. And I, I just don't think – like, Aiden Hutchinson was arguably the best player in college football last year. If you ask me who would I would give the Heisman Trophy to, might have been him. Uh, if he can't win that award, I don't know who can. And, and you remember, like, in Dominican and Sue a long time ago, like 2009 I think it was, He was phenomenal. He was the best player in college football. He still didn't win the Heisman Trophy. Like, Charles Woodson was able to score touchdowns and all that. Defensive line is a tough, tough ask to win the Heisman Trophy. So, I don't think Will Anderson Jr. really has much of a chance, unfortunately, this year.
0: The other thing that hurts Will Anderson Jr. too, is he's equally good against the run as as he is rushing the passer. So, Jadavion Clowney, I hear that comparison. I think Will Anderson's far better because he's mm-hmm. better against the run. But Clowney would be the one to put up the sack numbers that might yep. get voters in, enticed. So um, so what has to happen in your mind for uh, Hendon Hooker to ultimately win the award? Well, Let's start with what has to happen for him to be invited because, yes, I have reserved my hotel room in New York. <laughs> So, um, one of,
1: ha-
0: <laughs> of them, yes. What has to happen for him to get invited as far as the big landscape of, of college football? Uh, well, we, you mentioned that Alabama game a couple,
2: you know, minutes ago. I think that's the game, you know, that's the game where he can really show, hey, you know, if if Bryce Young is able to go, which I think is important for him there. And if Bryce Young's able to go and Tennessee could pull off the upset, and not only that, but Hennon Hooker looks like the better quarterback in that game, that will say a lot to a lot of people. And all of a sudden, Tennessee, you know, it's going to be tough for them to unseat Georgia in the SEC East, but like they can all of a sudden say, hey, we're here, you know, and this is a legit top five team in the country. So I think beating, you know, Alabama, maybe even beating Georgia too, which would be really difficult for Tennessee to do. But if they could do both those things, and Hennon Hooker can look phenomenal in both those games, He'll have a a real shot, and even if they lose both those games, uh, if he looks really good
0: in in those two, he could yeah, he could definitely get invited to New York. I think for I mean, CJ Stroud would would really have to stumble or something would have to happen for him not to win it at this mm-hmm. point. Don't you think? Yeah, it's he's
2: got like a he's plus 150 in betting odds, which basically means he has a 40% chance, according to Las Vegas, of winning the Heisman Trophy, which is this early in the year. That is very significant. Um, and but you know, I again, that offense is so easy. Like, I, I found a stat here at PFF where 87% of Stroud's throws this year have been to an open receiver for comparison. Bryce Young, 73%, Caleb Williams, who's another top Heisman Kenner, only 61%. So, like, C.J. Stroud is con- is continuously throwing to open receivers and that Ohio State offense it I was telling my friend last night like that Ohio State offense is going to go down as like one of the best in recent memory like the 2019 LSU offense the 2020 Alabama offense yeah. and if you remember Joe Burrow won the Heisman Trophy from that offense uh Devontae Smith and Mac Jones were both Heisman candidates with Devontae Smith winning the Heisman Trophy in the Alabama offense like I feel like people are going to look at that Ohio State offense and be like, we have to give the Heisman Trophy to someone from that offense because of how special it is. So I think C.J. Stroud is kind of benefiting right now from playing in that unbelievable offense. When really, is he really like elevating it that much compared to other guys? I don't think so.
0: Do you happen to have that number of throw, throwing to open receivers for hooker? Is that something that you could pull yes. up? Yes, yes, I did. And uh, he
2: actually, I think he used tied with C.J. Stroud at 87%. Yeah. So Josh Heupel is a offensive wizard. Uh, I love Josh Heupel. Um, and, yeah, their, their offense does create a lot of open throws for Hendon Hooker. But like I mentioned before, he has the highest rushing grade, too. I know he's not done that as much, but he's the highest rushing grade among quarterbacks, too, this year. So at least he's giving at least a, a dual threat element that Stroud really isn't.
0: So I've never really thought about this because I'm not a gambler, but I've had a Heisman vote for about 15 years. And I talked talked. well, it's not a big deal. (laughs) But uh, I I talked to a lot of the Heisman voters when I'm making my vote and kind of get their thoughts. So I pretty much, except for maybe one year in those 15, I knew who was going to win it. Mm -hmm. So how much can I bet the week before (laughs) the Heisman? Or do they they shut it down if Stroud is so obviously – Going to be the winner? No, they. So the odds will go
2: down, probably. Like, so I, I'm trying to remember last year. Like, I'm, I'm guessing by the time the Heisman rolls around, like Stroud will be minus 500 or whatever. It basically, means you got to bet $500 to win $100. Whereas right now, if you bet $100, you win $150 for CJ Stroud. Um, so I would guess he has significantly minus odds uh, as we get that late in the season. Um, yeah, so far. But, yeah, he right now, I mean, the fact that he's already 40% chance to win the Heisman at this point in the season, we're not even at the midway point yet, that says a lot. And I think, yeah, like you mentioned he's the heavy, heavy favorite to win the Heisman trophy right now.
0: So I would be basically betting for him not to get hurt if I place my bet today, right? Yeah. Basically, I,
2: I would imagine. So, I, again, I don't think he, he deserves it. I don't think he's been as good as other guys. But, yeah, he, right now, I mean, he seems like the guy to beat right now. Wow.
0: Anything else from you, Amanda? Go ahead.
1: Yes, tons. So question on the – I know that, let's be honest, Ohio State hasn't faced the best competition. They don't typically every season um, until they get later in, in the year. Mm-hmm. They do have Michigan coming up, which could be a big stumbling block for them because Michi- Michigan's playing lights out for the, mm-hmm. for the most part at the moment. They always have trouble with Ohio State. I mean, it gets, it gets bad sometimes. Mm -hmm. Could you see C.J. Stroud making that, uh, making that stumble? And we also see, sorry, Ohio State quarterbacks go to the NFL and just, just suck. So is that something that they'll take into consideration as well, that maybe it's the offense and not just C.J. Stroud?
2: I think they, I think they definitely will. Uh, that's a great question because yeah, like Justin Fields, you look at him now in the NFL, and I think most of that is. I'm, I'm a huge Justin Fields believer. Uh, so I think that's a lot to do with how bad the Chicago Bears organization is, rather than Fields. But he has not played well uh, so far. And Stroud, yeah, I mean, I think that Ohio State offense, like I mentioned, is like is a huge, huge thing. Like not only is Ryan Day really smart at uh, scheming open receivers, but they got the best receiving core in the country. They got two superstar running backs, and Meon Williams and Travion Henderson, one of the best offensive lines in the country. And they've been putting up all these points, and the best receiver in college football has been out. Like Jackson Smith and Jigba has not played really at all this year. Once you add him to that offense, like this is going to go to a different stratosphere. Like they have the best offense in college football already. You add the best receiver in the country back to that offense. I don't know how you're going to stop them, which is why I think that ultimately they're going to win the national championship this year. But, yeah, I think, you know, going in that Michigan game, like Michigan's got a pretty good defense. Uh, Stroud had some issues with Michigan last year. That, that will be a huge game for him. And I think, you know, we talk about the Heisman game for these guys. I think Michigan is probably his Heisman game uh, this season. That's probably that's going to be the toughest team he plays all year, that in Penn State. But, yeah, he's going to need to show out against Michigan for, for at least me to, to put him at the top of the Heisman list.
0: Max, great stuff. How do we follow your work?
2: Yeah, so you can follow me uh, at chat underscore maxbook on Twitter or on TikTok or whatever. Uh, then I write about four articles a week for Pro Football Focus at PFF.com. So you can check that out too.
3: All
0: right, great stuff, man. We will uh, talk to you soon. We appreciate that. That was a good breakdown. And uh, if I can give you any uh inside scoop on who to bet on the week before the heisman i give please. you
2: please <laughs> please i'm struggling with my financials so right now because i've been losing so many best in college football so i, I could use okay. a win in college football for sure <laughs>
0: right, you, you'll get there i appreciate it max thank you guys appreciate great it great stuff from uh, max pro football focus so basically what Hendon hooker obviously needs to continue to play well Something needs to happen to CJ Stroud. And I'm not hoping for an injury, but, you know, maybe he gets a DUI or something. And <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not, but something has to happen to Stroud. And then Bryce Young could be out two weeks. That could be enough to open the door. I just, I, there, there are a lot of ways that the, this magic could happen. And nobody ever, 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 ever wins it in September. If so, no. Peyton Manning would have won it. Well, he lost to Florida in September, but nobody ever wins it in September. Daniel's saying if Hooker and Young both play next weekend and we somehow pull off the win, I feel like Hooker jumps to one or two. I think he would jump to two. I think if Tennessee somehow beat Alabama, especially if Bryce Young didn't play, which we just keep hearing that could be the case, then I think Young drops out of it to some extent. I do think there is voter fatigue, which is completely unfair. And I think that uh, Hooker is suddenly number two. Uh, Now there's Caleb Williams at Southern California, but um, there is also, fair or not, an East Coast bias that we've talked about. And then we have some sort of board that you're pulling up. What What is, do you mean pull that up? What is this?
1: yes this wanna, is my heisman board so okay. this is um at the beginning of the season these are the people who are named like in the heisman running pretty much and sure. this is the these are the people i've already taken out and eliminated from my heisman board so okay, so for, see, those that,
0: for those that are on the audio only can you uh you you're gonna have yes. to draw this out for us or describe
3: it
1: okay So there are 18 names that started on the Heisman board at the very beginning of the season. Out of those 18, five are already eliminated from the Heisman just based on sheer record or performance or, you know, what um, injury, things of that nature. So five are already out. Um, But as as you see, three of the people on the list are Alabama players. Hendon Hooker's on there as well. Travion Henderson's on there. Um, will Rogers, Sam Hartman, but I'm keeping a Heisman board like every week so that whenever these players come out and they just kind of fall flat on their face or something of that nature, I just X them out. Like Anthony Richardson's gone. KJ Jefferson's gone. Tyler Van Dyke is gone. Bijan Robinson gone. Dylan Gabriel gone. And more than likely, we will see Stetson Bennett gone shortly, if not already.
0: I would add – I would take – the guys I would take off that list is a DJ Uigaleli. I would take off Will Rogers. I just can't see him winning it. The one that might come out of nowhere would be Jameer Gibbs. I don't think Will Anderson can win it, but he, of this list, is the guy that I would pick if I were an NFL franchise into the discussion and there's not a close second. And um, so – Looking at your list, Stetson Bennett is the one that is kind of the X factor. There are some people that like to give the career award, but nevertheless, um, we'll see. But he's definitely in the race. And that's the question we were asking earlier. Chris Landry is going to join us, right? This first thing I'll tell you about Andy Mason, Andy com. I've made mistake by not calling Andy who I went to high school with didn't know he was in real estate lost thousands of dollars now I know that Andy Mason's two business tenants are pretty simple number one it is the best service number two it is the best price back in two minutes with Chris Landry we'll talk some Heisman with him and of course Tennessee LSU in just a matter of moments hang with me just two minutes Mr. Viles
6: Guys, you ready to let the dogs out? What let, do what? <laughs> let the dogs out, you know, like who let the dogs out?
3: Ooh, ooh. Off the hook airing on offthehooksports.com, your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart, like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts.
1: You know what? What? I, I'm going to say this because I every day I want to say this when it starts, and I don't. That song, when it comes in, reminds me of the never going to give you Up." I don't yeah. know why.
0: I thought for that's, that's Rick Isaac, I think, I thought for years yeah. that was then I'm going to. Then I'm going to give you up. Then I'm going to let you down. I was like, this is the coolest, meanest song that I've ever heard. <laughs> then I'm going to turn around and desert you. Desert I you. always thought that that's what he said, like for yes. years. <laughs> and then
1: that's probably I, more accurate. Yeah.
0: And then I heard it. And I was like, uh, maybe that's the Giselle song <laughs> that I'm going to give you. Ouch.
1: He is yeah. going to be the biggest bachelor. Like he is just wait. I'm just I'm I'm here for it. I'm just waiting for all all these people to come out of the woodwork trying to get to this man.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll have a, a late Derek Jeter run. Derek Jeter, yeah. a pretty strong run. We're late getting to Chris Landry. Chris, Chris, I appreciate your patience. How are you, sir?
6: I'm doing good. How are you guys doing this morning?
0: We're well. Uh, Chris's appearance brought to you in part by Owl's Nest Barbecue right there in Cleveland. Owl's Nest Barbecue has all the barbecue supplies you could possibly imagine. And Owl's Nest Barbecue has the Green Mountain Grills. They've got the rubs. They've got the sauces. They've got it all. So Chris, we were having this discussion about Hendon Hooker's Heisman uh, uh, chances and whether he'll get invited in New York. And goodness gracious knows it's Barely October, so anybody making projections right now is way, way, way ahead of themselves. But he is in the conversation. But we had a uh, Max Chadwick on from Pro Football Focus who did the odds, and he actually said that he thought. I'm curious as, as to what you think about this. That Bryce Young, even though again we're talking odds, which I know is not your ballpark and not mine either, but he actually has far less favorable odds than C.J. Stroud. Um, C.J. Stroud is almost a, an even money bet to win the Heisman, whereas Bryce Young's about nine to one. But his point was that he thought that Bryce Young had actually played better. Now that's from a gambling point of view. What's your point of view? Between How would you compare the two?
6: Well, C.J. Stroud has played better than Bryce Young thus far this year. Um, and, uh the, Bryce hasn't played, you know, and, and there are reasons for that, you know, young receivers and whatnot. But it, 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 what I think people miss, and I get it, it's a whole industry of who's, who's in the race now, that there is no real The race hadn't started yet. It's really right. what happens in November. So, see, if I was going to forecast it, I would say that Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are in still good position because their teams are going to win, and they're likely going to play good ball down the stretch. Um, you know, if I were to make a top five, I mean, Jalon Daniels of Kansas would be, you know, right behind CJ Stroud. I don't think that's going to last. It may not last beyond this week, you know, depending on how they do against and how well he plays against TCU and they win. So I know, and, and I think it's fair that you could put Hendon Hooker in the mix. If he doesn't play well this week. He's out. I mean, yeah. it's just kind of the way it is in, in order for, Hendon Hooker to win it, he's going to have to play well. Even if they don't win, he's going to have to play so well that he looks like the best player on the field against Georgia and Alabama. I, I, you know, the likelihood of that is, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see. And maybe have to pull an upset in at least one of those games. So I think when you're forecasting it, you're having to look and see, well, who do they have left? And how does their team shake up against other people? Because the history of the award is who does the best in November? Well, we're a month away from that. So who plays best in November in the biggest games? I think you can be out of it now and work your way into it in November. But if you're in it now and you play poorly, then I think you you work your way out. It's kind of an elimination type of award, fair or unfair, right or not. I think that's how it's going to always seems to play out. And I think that's going to play out this
1: year. DJ Stroud plays. He's played a relatively pretty easy schedule thus far. Ohio State, I mean, normally plays Mm -hmm. a pretty easy schedule. However, going down the road, he has Iowa, which I know hasn't looked great offensively, but defensively pretty stout. He has Penn State. He has Northwestern. He has um, the final final game before the Heisman voting or before the Big Ten championship is going to be that Michigan game. That's right. That's going to be the last impression for the most part for Heisman voters. How badly, if they play, if he plays badly, and if Ohio State loses to Michigan, how do you think that will affect his Heisman chances?
6: Oh, it'll it'll kill it. And it's just it's somebody else will win it. I mean, we see it all the time that how, you know, somebody goes in as the clear favorite and they play poorly and they get passed. It's, it is, it happens. I'm not saying it happens all the time because at the end, I mean, um, you know, Mark Ingram, you know, won it against Auburn. And and I mean, I mean, not that he that's the only good game he played, but there's you can look at a lot of guys and how people vote the award is probably not the best. They got too many people voting on it, and a lot of them don't really follow college football that closely. And it's not a best player in the country award. It's the best quarterback best skill position guy. I mean, it is not a place where Alignment is going to, you know, there, there's some other, some really good players. I mean, I thought ndamba Kinsu was the best player in the country uh, that year. I thought Aaron Donald was the best player in the country from Pitt. They, they're not even, they're not going to even get invited. So, um, you know, and, and so I think you have to look at it as everybody's in the same boat. C.J. Stroud, anybody, anybody that doesn't play well down the stretch is going to get passed by somebody that does. And you know, sometimes you have multiple guys. You know. We had Reggie Bush and Vince Young both look like Heisman Trophy winners. They both, it's only one trophy. Then there's some years where nobody looks like they're a Heisman Trophy winner. (laughs) But somebody's, you know, somebody's going to get it. So I don't know how this is going to play out because, again, what's happened to this point is fine. It's just not, it's not going to matter when the November games come up, because that is going to not overshadow it. It is going to completely, you know, blow away what happened in the early part of the year. No one's going to pay attention to, well, you know, because you can look at different things and, and look at stats and all of that. I mean, so I, I, I just – and the other thing, too, is since um, really the only time we've had a team with a losing record – is with Paul Horning And that was the year that uh, Johnny majors was beaten out. That was controversy. The, the second most controversy. We were, we were screwed out of the Heisman, Tennessee, you know, folks, I, I think you can figure out who the other one was, but yeah, so I, it's a November award. I hate to put it that way. It's, it's, it's a November award. It's not necessarily the way it should be. That's the way the voters do it. And so I think it's great. Look, I, I get asked to do it and I kind of put it up and, All I'm going to do is put it by week, and I would have Hinden Hooker in my top five. Do I think he's going to end up there at the end of the year? Probably not, but that's not because of any other reason that I think it might be more difficult. I don't think Tennessee's played a really good team yet. I think Pitt struggled. I don't think Florida's all that good. So I think every week, including this week, is just building a case for him to maybe be in the mix. But in the end, he could be the number one favorite guy. You know, I've seen this where guys are – give them the award now, and then they have two subpar games in November and get beat, and they're done. They're not even voted – they're not even uh, uh, brought to New York. So, again, we're going to have to wait on that as much as we want to talk about it week in and week out. It it, it really doesn't matter at this point.
0: It is really funny. I I talked to Johnny Majors about that, and he – as far as slights go – he didn't feel nearly as slighted by that as the other slight that happened in 1992. I mean, yeah. that, that Heisman thing compared to being replaced. By that, 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 wasn't, that wasn't a slight <laughs> that, that this one was a slice
6: as in knife slicing you. So that, yeah. there's a slight in a slice.
0: <laughs> well, as, as he likes to say, God rest his soul. Well, I'll tell you one thing they're working on my front. I'm not going to say what he said. <laughs> well, well, that guy was stabbing me in the back, so I'm on the surgery table. and They're working on my front. He's stabbing me in the back. That uh, sounds but anyway.
6: just like him, yeah. That <laughs> <sounds> just <laughs>
0: like him. Okay, so out of this group we've talked about, um, and uh, let's throw Will Anderson in there, who's not going to win the Heisman because you're right; it's an offensive award. If you're star, if you're an Landry, uh, the Warriors, the Landry Warriors NFL team, and you're picking first next year in the NFL draft. Who are you taking? I'm taking Will Anderson.
6: Well, Will Anderson, yeah. I mean, this, the Heisman has nothing to do with right. who's going to get taken in the draft. That is, there's nothing to do with it. Right. Um, I mean, I think that you're going to see people that, um, I mean, you know, Josh Allen, look who the best quarterbacks in the league are. Josh Allen of Buffalo, Wyoming. Patrick Mahomes, Texas Tech, who didn't light it up at Texas Tech, who was good. Um, Justin Herbert is didn't have a great year at Oregon, but really, really good. Joe Burrow had a great year, in, in, and in and then there's some others, obviously they're good. But so I think you, it's it's not a, it's a completely different. That's that's a football and how they project to the next level. Uh, in terms of quarterbacks, uh, I think C.J. Stroud's interesting. Um, But I I think the quarterbacks, there's some really good ones, but developing them is going to be key. I think Will Levis is going to be really good at the next level because he's got great intangibles in addition to having the physical skills. But, um, you know, I mean, I think there are a number of guys, but I think Will Anderson is as talented a guy and as much of a game wrecker as you're going to find.
0: Okay, so I don't want you to give anything away, but you've mentioned before on the program that you do speak to Nick Saban on a regular basis and the, the chirping on social media is that Bryce Young could be out a couple of different weeks, a couple of weeks. Um, what do you think? Any insight you can give us into that? No,
6: I mean, look, it's real simple. When the doctors say he's cleared and, and, and here's the thing about that injury, it's a pain tolerance thing. It's not a, you can hurt yourself more if you play. Um, So it's a pain tolerance and I'm just going to say what it is. It's, it's, they're going to shoot him up, um, you know, so that the pain's not, so whatever they want him to play. I mean, whenever he's the doctor say, look, he's good enough. And and that, that's a part of the rehab of meaning not rehabbing the injury, but letting it heal and the therapy that they give him, and just the, the ability to throw it. They're not going to put him in when he doesn't have a lot of zip and he's not functional like he normally is whenever that is that's not a an inside information issue that's just medically when it's going to play out and um it is kind of day-to-day even though it's maybe more you know let's see how the next two three days go uh, so I don't know when the doctors say he's cleared I can tell you Nick Saban is not the guy that everybody else says well they don't need him this week against a and he's going to set him out if the doctors were to clear him and he was practicing this week, he'd play. He would play if it was Louisiana Monroe again. It just that's the way he does it. So I don't know when he's going to get cleared medically, obviously, uh, because only that I don't think they know yet. I mean, it's just today. We'll see how it is. But uh, I haven't heard anything about him doing a whole lot. I got some uh, practice clips in yesterday. I think it was kind of a joke. There was receivers running routes
1: no and quarterback it,
6: it, well yeah there was a quarterback but the camera was behind the court you can not yes. see the quarterback i uh, thought yeah. well that they're, they're trolling. They're, i mean alabama trolling people is really not what they normally do i thought that was kind of interesting so yeah i don't know uh if i had to guess and that's all it is he probably won't play this week just because you know i would think that they need some healing time but but i think it's possible by the by the next week, you know, obviously it's a big week for Tennessee fans when, when he's going to get back, but I, I, don't, I don't know.
1: We talked about, you know, Jaden Daniels and his legs, mm-hmm. and I know coming up Alabama, Jalen Milroe has really, really high potential. I mean, he can run. He can flat-out run. Would you rather see – if you're a Tennessee fan, would you rather see – Bryce Young, or would you rather see Jalen Milrow against you know your defense? Because we know Tennessee is not that great secondary, but they're not really that great anywhere on the defense.
6: Yeah, they'd rather they'd rather mm-hmm. see. I'm sure Jalen Milrow, or or I, I don't know what the you know I, I don't I don't know what fans think about it, but I can tell you just if I'm having to defend, I, I, I would uh, of the two, and both are provide different challenges. A defense uh, for Tennessee. Um, Milro, they're going to come off and run the football right at Tennessee and, and probably get some big run plays out of it. Bryce Young can throw the football more. So, what makes Bryce Young more effective, assuming again he's got velocity on the ball, like he can't, that Alabama is capable of scoring points through the air, moving it quickly, and matching Tennessee even though the receivers are not quite as progressed at this point, they're in better position with Bryce Young to match points with Tennessee in an up-and-down scoring affair passing game, whereas I think the, the philosophy with uh, Jalen Miro is going to control the game at the line of scrimmage, run the football, and, um, and win that way. And, you know, the thing about it is – and I think we're going to see some of that this week with with LSU and we saw it with Florida is that, you know, Florida can't throw the football very well. They were pretty effective against Tennessee. It's because they ran the football pretty well. And so Tennessee is going to have to defend the run or else they're going to have to put so many guys in the box that it's going to be very easy to throw the football against a weak secondary that has not enough guys in coverage. So whether it's you know Florida, which you've already played, um, and they they got away got got a win out of that. LSU this week, or or certainly Alabama, which would be the best one of the bunch that um, can run the football. And because Tennessee will have to put so much emphasis on defending the run, you will see those teams, even though they're not really effective throwing it in a drop back setting, they'll have some success off play action throwing it against Tennessee. How much? Don't know. Um, but I, 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 think, I think Tennessee's got to be concerned about this week. I think the whole Alabama talk is, uh, I don't know. I'll say this. What's difficult about looking at games is when you watch tape and you study them, you learn a little bit more about each team every week, but they you never stay the same, you either get better, or you get worse. So, when I look at this this game, I see both of these teams, LSU and Tennessee, having some holes um, in, in which difficulties try to figure out how much better they're going to be at fixing those things. What I've seen with LSU is a continual growth positively, meaning just a complete disaster of mistakes against Florida State. Gotten much better. I know they beat weak opponents, but just the clean – way they fix those mistakes to some degree now last week against Auburn blew some coverages early I would not expect that to happen this week if it does then Tennessee will get an early lead and it could get lopsided um for Tennessee it's been a little bit more of not the type of growth it's been a little bit more of stagnation and not quantifying their rhythm and I know they're winning and people are excited but I'll say this: Tennessee is going to have to play better than they did against Florida, or they won't beat LSU. No, um, please, and,
0: please.
6: No, I, I think they will play better. And that's the that that's the tough thing is, will they? Won't I don't, know, you know, I don't know, but I think they will because just the natural progression of what I watch, I think that they can get that. But but the difference is, I feel a little bit more about LSU correcting their mistakes in Tennessee because I've seen LSU do it a little bit more sequentially, whereas Tennessee, even in their wins, some of their lopsided wins, eh, not not quite as good. LSU beat, and again, this is the danger. You don't know what you're going to get. It's not a 12-week season. It's 12 one-week seasons. LSU beat a really good Mississippi State team, a Mississippi State team that's got more talent than Tennessee. They've got a, a quarterback that's better than Tennessee's quarterback, They've got a passing game that's really good. They've got a running game in the defense that's much better. And LSU beat them. Now, I don't know that LSU play in, you know, in Baton Rouge you know beat them. So I don't know. I still think Tennessee's more explosive and can score quicker in bunches. And that is Tennessee's real advantage. They get a lead. LSU can't go up and down the field with the passing game and match Tennessee. So to me, it's about we talk about path to victory and the style of the game. I think that's that to me is the most important thing that I focus on. because Who's going to win the game? I mean, that's 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 the answer. Who's going to be able to do those things? That's going to take you to the answer. I, I wish I had it. If I did, then I'd have all those big buildings in Vegas instead of, you know. the the gambler folks are good about that because they get 50% of the money going on either side and they make money. But trying to forecast it is trying to anticipate who's going to get better and whose style is going to impose their will on the other. And that's going to determine it uh, in this game, I think.
0: Chris Landry of Landry Football joining us now. Uh, Man, the chill pills, Chris talked about them recently, and those uh, chill pills are absolutely fantastic for – Uh, They've got uh, specific formulas for arthritis and digestive issues. You just go to crafttreats.com and the chill pills are incredible at crafttreats.com. They can help your pet, whether it happens to be uh, social anxiety, car ride anxiety. And don't forget, you save 20 percent. That's 20 percent. If you check out uh, with the exclusive code off the hook, uh, again crafttreats.com. It's the Chill Pills. Check out with that twenty percent off promo code off the hook. Chris, I've got a pretty fast car, and we talked about it the other day. I, I like fast cars, but I can do anything I want to to that car, and it's not going to win the Indy Five Hundred. So, with that transition being a little stretched. Yeah. What can Tennessee do to this secondary to make it significantly better, or are these dudes just what these dudes are? Are they limited from a talent standpoint?
6: They're limited, but you can. They certainly can get better from a technique standpoint. But the biggest thing they can do to get better to help the secondary is to to up front play the run better with seven they can't allow those guys to have to get the safeties in the box and the corners have no help if they've got to overplay the run with numbers then that's going to be difficult for a really talented secondary that's that's loaded with you know nfl draft picks um so it's going to be difficult so that is going to be the key um look if you can play split safeties and you can keep those safeties to help the corners out, and you can defend the run with seven, then then you can be a pretty functional defense. You don't need to have great cover guys because you've got less area to cover. You can pattern match. You can basically play man. You can play zone coverage, but man principles in a zone coverage. But right now they're having to put too, much, too many numbers in the box to stop the run, which you've got to do that or else they'll just run you out of the game, and that's the easiest way to, to lose. So that's the key dave uh it's just they've got to help the secondary out they're not gonna you know throw magic pixie dust and those guys are going to become great what they need to do is help them a little bit more in in up front to be able to defend the run and if they can do that and it's, again people will look and say well they defended the run." they have to defend the run and the number the run numbers you got to look at how well are you defending the run with a base look and not putting eight guys in the box? Because that is the key. Because when you put an eighth guy in the box, you've got less guys in coverage. Well, do the numbers. Now, here's the thing in defending as it relates to this game. The guy you've got to be careful of is Neighbors. Neighbors is the guy that torts Mississippi State. And so they will find him and – and he's not the most talented guy. Uh, Booty is the most uh, talented guy, and he's been up and down a little bit of a
4: kind of a to
6: himself. He's had a lot of personal issues. His, his girlfriend just had a baby a couple weeks ago. I mean, he just – he seems to be not in rhythm and maybe frustrated, the numbers and all that. But you've got to be weary of him because he can take over a game. Um, they've got more weapons in the passing game than, say, a Florida does. So I'm just using it as a comparison because of who had Tennessee's played. So I think a couple of things, it's just can you get the pass rush and, and can you be disciplined with your pass rush? You've got to be careful. Um, you know, it's not about just pass rush and containing a mobile quarterback. It's about pass rush containing a mobile quarterback in relation to the receiver's ability to get open. See, I thought they did a really good job to get Anthony Richardson for the most part, not letting him spoil the game with his legs. But it was uh, Florida's receivers don't get open quite as well. I think LSU's do that a little bit better than Florida. So the pass rush is going to have to be good without allowing any rush lanes, escape lanes for Jake Daniels, because, as you know, he can kill you there. And so you you have to do that, and he's different. He's a thinner guy, but he's a quicker guy. So containing him and being in position is even more important because if you're just one foot out of position, it's the difference between getting the right angle on keeping him in the pocket or allowing an escape lane, and then you do everything else well and you're defending. When you've got a mobile quarterback, we talk about defense. you got to cover every gap, the gap between the center of the guard on both sides, gap between the guard and the tackle. When you have a running quarterback that you're facing – you got to defend an extra gap. That means you have to have an extra emphasis on the run because you've got to defend 11 guys because a dropback quarterback, you're not defending him. He's distributing the ball. But a quarterback that can run, you've got to defend him like you'd, you'd cover a running back. So whether it's a little bit of spy, whether it's a little bit of a mush rush, whatever, you've got to understand that you can have everything else handled and he can beat you. They did, again, a pretty good job with Anthony Richardson, but a different type of runner, dynamic runner in his own right, physical. But can they do that? And then if he does it, can Jaden Daniels escape and make plays downfield? That's going to be the key to the game. I mean, it's just – it's not a real mystery. It's just how well you execute it. It's easy to look and say, you know, uh, Tennessee didn't look all that impressive against Florida and Pitt, but they won. LSU didn't look very impressive against Auburn, quite frankly, and they came back and won. So there are some questions in my mind about both of these teams. Um, I think there's questions about a, almost every team to some degree. But for these teams, I think this is a really good game, but I don't think either one of these teams are special. Um, you know what I mean? I, I think they're, they're good. I think most people see this as a special Tennessee team. If they go down and lay the beat down and can pull an upset over, then that's when I start to think they're special. But what I've seen to this point is a team that's um, good, not great. I'm wanting to see if Tennessee can get great. I, I'm not sure that they've got that in them, but I'm, I'm open to watching it and seeing it. And I think this week might be a good opportunity for them to take that step, uh, and we'll see if they can do it.
1: Coach Landry, just a quick question here, because I know you got to head out soon. How did LSU beat this Mississippi State team? What did they do to accomplish that? And and can Tennessee – can they do that against Tennessee is what I'm wondering.
6: Well, defensively, um, what they did is they showed different pre-snap looks coverage-wise. See, Mississippi State's offense, when they call their offense, their receivers are not – Given a design route, the receiver has to decide what what route he's going to run based on the coverage. So Matt House, the defensive coordinator at LSU, gave him a lot of pre-snap looks that he morphed into post-snap different looks. So receivers were often running an incorrect route based upon the pre-snap look, and so it really broke up the rhythm and it got oh um got Mississippi State out of rhythm. And that was what they did defensively. Offensively, they didn't have success against Mississippi State early. A very good defensive team. That's what I said about Mississippi State. They're, they're more complete. By the way, I said they were a little better than Tennessee overall. I think Mississippi State's more talented than LSU, and LSU beat them. But this is to your answer your question. That's what they did defensively. Offensively, they didn't have a lot of success. But what they found, and it was a really good job of Mike Denbrock and Brian Kelly. They found a weak spot in state secondary and they were overplaying the other side of the field and they found Malik neighbors. The guy I just talked about, and they just torched him. They were playing a lot of man. They didn't get out of man coverage and they beat them. So that's where it's now. What is it? How does that translate to Tennessee? Where Tennessee. Um, they, they're not real complex in what they call. They, they basically try to get there with tempo. So there's nothing schematically uh, overly challenging about what Tennessee does offensively. What makes it difficult is the tempo in which they do it with. So I think the whole key is, to answer the question, can LSU slow down Tennessee's offense? It's really all about teaching them during the entire week how to make the calls on the field, based upon what they're seeing and getting lined up quickly, we call it getting your cleats in the ground, meaning you can't be sitting there and looking, okay, making checks and the ball snap. You got to get there quickly, very simple, one word checks, boom. And, and that's going to be the key. On the other side of the ball, uh, LSU's offense is going to be very much the same. I mean, I think that LSU's offense that had some success against Mississippi State, I think that. Mississippi State's got better defensive personnel than Tennessee. Can LSU have the same type of rhythm and success? I don't know. I think Auburn's defensive front's pretty good, and and LSU struggled against it last week. Um, I mean, it, it, they won the game, but, you know, they came back from 17 points down. So they, they kind of took it to them, in the, but it was re- really the LSU's defense and the big play. Um, that's going to be key. The other thing I would say that's going to be intriguing is, can Tennessee block LSU? LSU, this is the best defensive front that LSU's going to play. I mean, that Tennessee's going to play. Uh, they're better than Pitt. They're they're even faster on the edge. I think Pitt's defensive line was good. But remember, they were down a couple of guys when Tennessee played them. This is going to be the best defensive front. So it's going to be the toughest blocking assignment. So the ball's going to have to come out quicker. And and is that going to impede Tennessee's chances? Can they get in the rhythm early? Can LSU make a, a defensive play? turn? Tennessee doesn't turn it over. You know, so that was that was the turnaround play that, that let LSU come back against Auburn. Tennessee plays a clean game. It's going be tougher for LSU to pull it off. But, no, I think it's it's going to be a fascinating game um, because I think it's got some strategic matchups, and and I think this is going to be a challenge for Tennessee. Maybe – I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how the Tennessee fans uh, or the, the Tennessee media feels about it, but I, I think this game is going to be a little bit more challenging – then maybe Tennessee might think not not the the staff, but um, but I think this will be a nice win, not a great win, but I think a nice win if they're able to pull this off for Tennessee.
0: Chris, you got some people rotted up on the message boards, but I got about a minute left, so we're gonna have to go up tempo. Um, you said you you think Will Rogers is better than Hinden Hooker? Oh yeah,
6: as a talent, yeah. Not not having a better year, but a talent, awesome. yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. as a yes. talent.
6: yeah. He's more accurate. Um, he can throw the deep ball with more accuracy. He can throw more routes, uh, accurate. The Hendon hookers really good in this system, but he's not overly accurate. He's if I were ranking, um, as I said, I, I think I said earlier, I don't know if people listen, but Hendon hooker would be in my top five in the Heisman based upon just production in this system, right. but as an overall talent, um, yeah. I mean, uh, kid at state's kid at state is playing as good as any quarterback in the league right now. And mm-hmm. and that's including a, a bad performance against LSU in terms of his skill set. But Hendon Hooker is, is certainly had a more productive set productive year in his, uh, you know, again, for folks, and I don't mean to, to, to be rude to people, but you know, the way you see it as a fan is a lot different than if you study tape and you're looking at it, um, you, you, I'm not a fan of anybody, so you've got to evaluate it. And most people look at it in terms of stats, in terms of, whether well, they're winning and this and that uh, there's a lot more to it. And that's why I think you're going to see things differently. And I don't want to sit there and blow smoke up people and say, well, everything's, you know, just make stuff up because I think it's going to be something that people will like, nor do I want to say things that's going to rile people up. I just want to be honest with people and tell them what I see and, and, We'll see where it goes. But Hendon Hooker has been great in this offense. But I think Will's a little bit better as a skill set as a passer.
0: Chris, great stuff, buddy. I appreciate you, landing. All right. Thanks, uh, y'all.
6: Have a great day. Take care.
0: You'll learn more about football. And and listen, I know people got riled up on the message board about that, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that there are passes that Hendon Hooker should complete that he doesn't. And as far as the accuracy issues, we can look at completion percentage. Don't, but don't fret that. What, what you need to be thinking is how perfect this situation is because he's the perfect fit for this offense. And uh, Joe says I couldn't disagree more, but that's okay. Well, that's why we've all got opinions, Joe. And I appreciate you watching. I, I think I'm not going to say that I think Will Rogers is better, but I'm. I will say this: I think. As far as the production of this offense, I think it's every bit as much as scheme, tempo, hypo as it is hooker. And that's not taking anything away from Hendon hooker. I mean, you could say that about Joe Montana with the San Francisco 49ers. That was as much about Bill Walsh and the West coast offense as it was about Joe Montana. And he's one of the greatest ever. It's not a knock. It's not a knock at all. Joe, I hope that, that makes sense. And I understand that you disagree. The mattress place makes sense because it's 30 to 70% off each and every day. No gimmicks. It is over 225 five star reviews. It is right there on Chapman Highway, just a couple of miles from downtown. You will absolutely love it. The mattress place is phenomenal. So check them out. Marine Corps veteran owned, honest integrity. 30 to 70 percent off each and every day. Hang with me for two minutes. Did we even do today's tough question? Sometimes this show moves too fast for me to keep up with. Do you have a today's tough question coming up, Amanda?
1: I can get one ready.
0: Uh, I believe you do. I believe she'll throw heat. She is uh, the muse. Stay tuned. More after this.
4: This is Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vassy Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vassy. here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassies, we like to say no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Ray and I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct Service Station here in Udawah. It's not a fancy place, never has been, but it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here.
3: We do our research. Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's tough question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soupe Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrada. You drinking my sake Chimo Oh my God. Is Will Rogers better than Inan Hooker? No, we're
0: not going to go down that road. I'm going to watch me some Will Rogers on Saturday extra close though. Um,
1: I mean, Coach Landry is, is just doing basically stat analysis. So I think a lot of us will have.
0: Yeah, scouting.
2: You
1: know, yes, we'll have. Um, you know, we don't look at a lot of the, the, the stuff on the field. It's, it's more emotional for a lot of us, especially as fans. And, and we don't see some of the things that, that people who just literally nerd out on football so I I would say Hendon Hooker's better and it's I'm not emotionally you know there but also I don't break down games like Coach Landry does I look at what I think looks best
0: well and I talked to Jacob Warren about this and you can check it out on our YouTube page now now that this part was not quote on the record but I was just uh, talking to Jacob about my report card following the Florida game and I said that you know J- Jacob Hendon missed a couple of throws so I was going to give him a uh, B plus and then I looked at the stat line it was like 22 of 28 and I'm like I-, I I mean how could I not give him an A and I said Jacob please don't read my report cards because you might not like me and he said okay I won't and that, but there are some throws missed but here but look at it this way Brittany says, I mean, that's why different coaches target quarterbacks with different skill sets. All that matters to me is that Hendon Hooker is the best quarterback for our offense. Exactly.
1: Touche, Brittany.
0: Which would you rather have? Think about this. The best quarterback in the nation right now or the best coach in the nation right now? If you could choose between the two.
1: I'd take right, the coach, obviously.
0: Right. Because the, the players are going to come and go. I think Tennessee has one of the better coaches in the nation right now. I think that Nico will come in and be one of the better quarterbacks in the nation because he fits this system perfectly. It's why I've said before, could Archie Manning run this system? Absolutely. Arch Manning. Could he run this system? Yes. Archie couldn't. He's 70. Not
1: right now. <laughs> Archie couldn't do it.
0: But um, that's not how you sounds. But Arch Manning could run this system. But is Nico the perfect fit? Yes. Brittany says, coach, the players have a limited time, amount of time with the program.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's correct. That's, it It matters about the fit. And it also matters about the intangibles, that the stuff that you don't see necessarily in the X's and O's and the stats, Hidden Hooker's a leader he's by far a leader he is hyped to be here he is hyped for tennessee he is he is great in this offense he he helps his team and i think that's that should be a heisman a characteristic for the heisman is as how influential are you on your team nico seems like he's going to be the same way especially all of the you know pushing with the recruiting and trying to just get these players together nico seems like he has that intangible as well so I agree it has to be what works best in the system, but you also want those kind of intangibles about, you know, getting the team hyped and playing together as a team and leading your team to victory. CJ Stroud, I don't know about him. Caleb Williams, me. I mean. Joe says
0: uh, Hendon has footwork problems. Actually, that's that's the way he's coached. That's what they want him to do. We talked to Jonathan Crompton about that. We'll talk to him tomorrow as well. That they and and the other thing that people bring up about Hendon Hooker is he doesn't look safeties off, he's not asked to. I mean, that, that he is this is he knows which side of the field he's throwing to again. All of this, think of this right now. What this offense is is the triple option for teams that were trying to overcome a talent deficit. That's exactly what it is because with the tempo. With the route trees that they run, it is overcoming. Now, they happen to have talented receivers, which which works out really well. But ultimately, that's what this offense is. It's simple reads. You're not asking Hooker to do those sorts of things. Is it going to evolve? Is Tennessee going to get better players on defense as well, where they can do different things on offense? Yes. But right now, it's the KISS principle. Keep it simple, stupid.
1: Yeah, it worked for UCF. I mean, we saw it. It They were a national name. Yeah, it, and you, UCF.
0: and I guarantee you they didn't have the talent of the other top teams in the nation.
1: No, exactly. Not, Chattanooga,
0: not sorry, Pedego Chattanooga locally owned store where you'll be treated like family, the region's foremost electric bike experts. They put their hearts into helping you find the perfect electric bike and get the most out of it for many years to come. If you're in chattanooga you have got to go to pedago chattanooga tool around there and you'll have a great time whether you rent or buy if you buy i know this that you have service and you're not going to have service elsewhere because if you buy one of those uh e-commerce bikes i'm not going to mention the name you don't have that joe said if you had uh only if you had a uh, only quarterback draft hendon would be picked before will i'm confident in that
1: Will Levis or Will Rogers?
0: Will Rogers get a quarterback only draft?
1: Because I know Coach Landry said Will Levis. He was talking Will Levis, and he talked Will Rogers. So yeah, I don't know which Will. Right.
0: Will we ever know who he's talking about? Uh, no. Uh, no. Will Levis? <laughs> I think Will Levis's skill set is is probably better than. Uh, Rogers. I'm, I'm going to watch Rodgers a little bit closer. Will Levis' skill set is probably better than Rodgers and um and Hooker. But as far as Rodgers, would he be above Hooker? Let, let, I'm going to take the weekend, or I may even watch. And I'm glad you got fired up, Joe. That's what it's all about. And But again, it's not any knock on and Hooker. It's not any knock at all. And I think we've all seen some of those passes go errant. But as far as the leadership part of it, and that's why I dislike a little bit the, I don't know, they may take away my vote for saying this, but I dislike a little bit the way that the Heisman Heisman Trophy just says most outstanding player. because It used to
1: say character. It used to.
0: Yeah. I mean, I do think you should. Listen, if this was... If this was, say, a Baker Mayfield or somebody that I'd heard, I heard character issues about uh, Deshaun Watson. That would have that would have factored into my decision. So if it's Deshaun Watson and Hendon Hooker, who I've I would I probably wouldn't bring it up or if I'd heard character issues. But I can tell you honestly, hand to goodness that I have not heard any uh, character issues. The exact opposite, as a matter of fact, about. Hendon Hooker, I would vote for him over Deshaun Watson, even if Deshaun Watson won a national title. If if the numbers were comparable, I I factor that in, but they don't tell us to factor that in. No. In
1: 2014, I wrote an article after Jameis Winston won the Heisman Trophy about how the Heisman Creed needed to be changed to take character out of, of the... You know the heisman trophy because everybody that they had voted on thus far with the cam newton and the johnny Manziel and james winston and not everyone but a, a significant amount of them had no had terrible character had bad character all the way around and i said you have to take this out of the creed because it's it doesn't play a part you're looking at the best player honestly, the best player on the best team or the one that catches the most amount of attention with the way that they play. And that's all you're looking at. I hate it.
0: That would be like a Johnny Manziel thing.
1: Exactly. Or a Jameis Winston, a Cam Newton. It's all the same, but they had terrible character.
0: Well, I will say this. I I will say that Johnny Manziel, he was such a special playmaker despite some character questions about him during his college days. I can't, what year was he? I get. I probably.
1: 2012.
0: So yes, I voted for him. So I would have voted for him because again, but this is just my mind. It's not, there's nothing laid out for us. So in my mind, he's the most special playmaker in the SEC of the modern era of college football. Other than. Wonder why Archie Manning. <laughs> Archie. Uh, R.G. Manning, I think those are the two guys that did the most with the least out there. So as far as playmakers, that would have overcome that in my mind. Now, I didn't know you're referring to that he has a nose candy issue. <laughs> he does. I, I know he does now. I don't know that he did. then. I know he partied a lot and he got he even got suspended for one game during a trophy campaign. If I remember correctly, I still would have voted for him. <laughs> But that's how I weigh it in my mind. It doesn't mean I'm right. I guarantee you some voters, because of the off-field issues, didn't even put them on their ballot. I know some voters that put a defensive player on no matter what because they feel like they deserve it. Well, that's just stupid. I mean, (laughs) the bottom line is if you have the hard and fast rules about your Heisman vote and you just don't vote on the best player, then you're crazy. And I think character with Hendon Hooker plays an incredible factor in what he's able to do. And we've written about it on offthogsports.com. You hear Jalen Hyde say, I want to go out there and win for him. He inspires his teammates.
1: That should be a thing. That should be a reason to, to vote for him. And if I had a Heisman vote, I would vote on who I think deserves it the most. Who is most important to their team? Who without them would their team be completely different and and not be even half as good as they are? And Hendon Hooker is that for Tennessee. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care. Joe Milton, yes, he has the cannon and all that crap. Hendon Hooker is the most important player to his team in college football. Doesn't make him the greatest player or the best quarterback, but without Hendon Hooker set aside the Kansas quarterback. Without Hendon Hooker, you would not have the Tennessee team that you have right now. You would not be five and zero. Like I right? mean
0: thinking, 5-0. I can't I can't argue with that, other than the Kansas kid, because you know they probably don't have a lot of talent. But yeah, I'm sure CJ Stroud has a fantastic backup. I don't know who it is off the top of my head. We already they know that Alabama has a fantastic backup. Mm-hmm. Caleb Williams is great, but goodness gracious, he's throwing to a Blitnikoff winner and that offense has always clicked right along under Lincoln Riley, so you go on and on and on, and that might be an interesting column for you, yeah. right? All right, today can't tough
1: replace him. Just uh,
0: Brittany says I agree. Brandon says she's right. I, yeah, I can't come up with a better example. Maybe it's uh, being closer to the situation than others, but all right, today's tough question. Give us something quickly.
1: So, I said, what will be the most important aspect to beating LSU? Passing game, running game, secondary, or defensive line?
0: Love it. So, Tennessee's defensive line?
1: Yes. What will be the most important game or important aspect to beating LSU?
0: I think that's it. I think if those guys can bring pressure without having to commit a fifth or sixth guy to rush the passer, I think that's it. So, let's put that up. But I'll go ahead and tell you that's where I stand on that. Message board, bingo. Let's give out some shirts. Brittany already has like a bundle of shirts coming, Brittany. So if you win, unbelievable.
1: <laughs> She's passing them out to her friends.
0: Our message board bingo. Here we go.
1: All right. It's a young team. Judge it at the end of the season and judge it when they get a QB. We've never had any coach bring in more talent than our coach right now. I hope we keep a coach who can out who can out recruit alabama and not get sucked into the fine bomb and sabin smear tactics sometimes lies look prettier than the truth they sound right that's why smear tactics work
0: i think i know who it is 10 seconds for the panel password is i used to always love that show betty white was always on it password super password you don't remember that That show, you talk about, somebody said the Heisman was rigged. You talk about rigged. Super Password was the most rigged show ever. Like, they would say a vegetable, and Betty Watt would go, rhubarb. Well, how the heck? And and it would be right. How did she know rhubarb out of all the vegetables in the world? (laughs) Super Password was awesome. All right, we got a couple of guesses for that one. Georgia, Auburn, Florida, Ole Miss. A&M. No. You A&M. and and m Brandon, have you already won a shirt? Brandon. Brandon's
1: won like three.
0: Okay. Brandon, it's the last shirt for you. But we appreciate your, your shit. <laughs> <tip. laughs>
1: well, he can have some like Al's Nest barbecue stuff or something.
0: Yeah. I'll hook you up with that. How about that? Brandon, is that fair? I mean, for goodness sake, you got a whole hooker wardrobe. Brandon. Oh, that's so exciting. Good bunch. Yeah, hooker wardrobe. You're okay. All right. So um anything for this day in sports history before we go. Wait, we have
1: one more. One more.
0: One more. One
1: more. It has to do it. I have to. I ran over a chicken after the 2010 game. It was on old Federal Road, which is between Englewood and Madisonville. I swerved to hit it too. I listened to the end of the game on my way home from work. Gosh, that was a terrible day.
0: Um, I'm gonna go South Carolina because they had a Gamecock.
1: No. By the
0: way, the Washington NFL team, you know, um, had to change their name, which they should have. But does anybody think the whole, whole concept of Gamecocks is a little offensive, having chickens fight to their death, like Little Jerry and Seinfeld?
1: Can't we just stop with the offensive? I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't ca- I don't care. I don't care. Sure. If, if it right. offends you, that's your issue. <laughs> no right. offense, not to you, just in general. Well,
0: it can also be offensive because they just yell go cocks all the time, which is very odd and they put up big signs to say that. If you didn't if you just got dropped there from Mars and you knew the English language and you didn't know they were the Game fans, you would think they were the most perverted fans in the world. Because they don't.
1: Unless you're an alien and you don't have one of those, then you wouldn't know.
0: Okay, so. Just saying. <laughs> All right. So we had, uh, but at a UT Tennessee, Clemson. Tennessee. It's
1: Tennessee. <laughs> okay.
0: Joe, have you won a shirt yet? Be honest, Joe. Joe, yeah, and uh, Joe, I don't, I don't believe he's won a shirt there. They're now the Cock Commanders, apparently crazy. No, they're
1: not. They wouldn't. They said no because they realized that that was a terrible idea. So they just kept the same name of for their chicken.
0: Do you still get? I, I'm used to the Washington. They should have kept it the Washington football team. That actually stuck and sounded good. Then they changed it. it
1: sounded stupid.
0: It's it's it it stuck. I thought, but the Cleveland. What are they? I can't even remember what they embed
1: Guardians. They're the, the Guardians.
0: That is horrible.
1: horrible. I just, I, we, this is for another day. Yes. This another is day problem. in time, but I just disagree with all of this crap. So that's just another day in time. Let's go to this day in sports history.
0: Do you have something for that ready? I do. Okay. All righty. Uh, show's gone off the rails as it tends to do. This day yes,
3: sports history. Putting things in perspective exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old. When you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda Lafrata. Two kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer.
0: All I'm saying is you wouldn't have the fighting pit bulls.
1: No, you wouldn't have the fighting pit bulls. I'm I'm just I know that. Saying. Um, but every everything in nature is vicious. I learned that when I went to South Africa. Vicious. They don't. They South don't give a Africa
0: damn. isn't it? The, I think it's the white people that are vicious in South Africa.
1: What is wrong with you? I don't
0: know, but I mean, they have had apartheid to like a couple months ago. All is right.
1: This- South Africa. I'm talking about the animals. I'm okay. talking about safari.
0: Well, God bless. Yeah, I don't want to go there.
1: They are just all yeah. kinds of offensive we just today,
0: aren't we? Just be regular Caucasians. All right. So, what what do we got this day in sports history?
1: Help me. So, in 1993, after nine seasons and three championships with the Chicago Bulls, the best player of all time, best basketball player of all time. It's not even close. To LeBron James, get off of it. Michael Jordan announces his retirement from the NBA. However, this he the returns on
0: third time.
1: This is the first time. However, he returns on March 18th, 1995, and leads the Bulls to another three NBA titles.
0: So he announced his retirement slash suspension for gambling today. It's definitely that's definitely what I want. The
1: last 10 minutes of this show, you have just gone (laughs) on an offensive tirade. No
0: question. The man who has dedicated his life to being the best basketball player and could have won eight in a row got suspended for gambling. There's
1: no question. Just just offend everyone, just take it all and (laughs) offend it all, all the people. Yeah, offend offend the, the to the white people Get from out. South Africa. He
0: always wanted me to play basketball. And and meanwhile, uh, David Stern's like, you know, it'd be good if you took a little break there. Just
1: a little let's bit. see. So, let's. who have we offended today? South Africans. We've offended yeah. people that love Michael Jordan. We've offended Redskins fans. We've offended <laughs> Cleveland fans. How many people can we offend? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm... Brittany says, why are you wearing purple? This is blue, but I do have a little bit of a colorblind issue. Is this purple or blue? This is blue, right?
1: Uh, it could go either way. Yeah. Brittany's right though. Maybe you should just go put on a gold shirt and call it a day. Let's just offend <laughs> Tennessee fans and everybody else.
0: Put on a bunch of beads and just pull my shirt up and there we go.
1: Tiger be- tail and feathers, please. Yes, you I'm have not- to have I didn't that.
0: No, it was I didn't know. It's blue. Thank you. I do have a business meeting, and now I'm very insecure about what I'm wearing, so I'm going to change. So thank you very much, Brittany. I appreciate that. Brittany has another one. Um, in this day in sports history, the ball is upset. Number twelve, Georgia, thirty-five to fourteen. Arian Foster rushed for three Ds, three TDs, and ninety-eight yards in the win. And uh, talked like a pterodactyl right after. Brittany, uh, Brittany's email. coming
1: for your job.
0: Yes. Uh, Brittany, email me because I've been looking for a good place to get some of these, and I've been in touch with Tennessee Sports Information Department uh, on Tennessee's This Day in Sports History. So please email me, Brittany, because it seems like you have an in there. And there used to be a book that I used to own, and I can't find it, but it was This Day in Sports History uh, for Tennessee Athletics. And I had all kinds of cool stuff, and I can't find it. And I've reached out to Tennessee Sports Information Department, and They're about as helpful as I'm going to leave it at that. Have a fantastic day, everyone, and we will talk to you tomorrow at 830. How did I offend Chuck Norris? This has been a presentation of Off the Oak Sports.